John, we're going to talk Pac-12, college sports, and what's next. And the NBA All-Star Game. We're going to figure out how to fix this so it's not just a glorified layup line, Andrew. You all right? Yes. Hey. What the hell are you drinking? <laughs> no, man, this is it's my mic. I got a delay. <laughs> no, yeah. that's you. Always blame it on the equipment, Chuck. Give me. I want to thank Patron for sponsoring Chuck Let's today. <laughs> And we're back. The Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. John, a lot to talk about. You were in Salt Lake uh, at the All-Star Game. First off, how was, how'd you like Salt Lake? You know, Salt Lake is a beautiful city. Everywhere you look, you see mountains. Uh, first time ever in, in, in the city. It was a very walkable city. Uh, I was able to walk from the hotel to the arena, to other hotels, so... You know, uh, five stars out of five on the Oran scale. Oh, right wow. There. All right. All right. Well, uh, I made a lot of calls, so we have some good Pac-12 information, um, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's do hey, who's up. Be- before we do the the uh, who's up, who's down, I, I have an apology to make. Oh. I got the ESPN chocolates, the XFL chocolates. What's all this chocolate on your face? <laughs> all right. Well, let's explain. If somebody didn't listen last week, last week uh, we were discussing the XFL and ESPN had sent over some chocolates on Valentine's Day to promote the XFL. Uh, they actually, when you open them up, it said, I watched the XFL or something in there. Um, I mean, I gave them to my wife. I They could have changed the letters around to say like, <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, that's another story that I have to deal with. No, um, I didn't really give them to my, well, I may have. You, you know, what's funny is I gave mine to my daughter and she was like, oh, great. And she saw me like, oh, you got this for free. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of, it's not that romantic, but you got the, so, all right. So we solved that. John also got the chocolates. All right. So now we're going to talk USFL and XFL a little later. We'll see if uh, John fell for the sweets. Let's get to uh, who's up, who's down. Who's up? Who's down? Andrew, I'll start us off. My who's up, I was just in Salt Lake. It's got to be Adam Silver of the NBA. Uh, From a media perspective, is there anyone sitting prettier than Adam Silver? These were the companies that had top executives in Salt Lake City last weekend. Google, Apple, Amazon. Bob Iger was there from Disney. I spotted an NBC executive as well. I mean... When those rights come up, uh, the national rights, uh, there there is already a frothing. I mean, the, the bidding war that's developing for those rights. The NBA is sitting very, very pretty. Then there's the RSN conundrum. Uh, Diamond Sports is still a couple of weeks away from what everybody believes is filing for bankruptcy. And as Silver said during his press conference, short term, the NBA is, is sitting fine. The NBA's regular season ends on April 9th. So its teams have already been uh, paid. Its games have pretty much already been uh, played uh, other than a couple of weeks. And once they get into the playoffs, every single playoff game is on a a national television outlet. So the RSN issue is something, if you want to kick the can down the road, the NBA doesn't really have to deal with until October or so. John, I'm going to do my who's down first. And my who's down is Adam Silver, NBA commissioner. (laughs) So the issue that the NBA has, and I agree with everything you said about how they're sitting pretty, they're going to do great with these TV deals, and the league is 
Uh, it's on the way up and it's doing well, but it does have a problem uh, and it has to figure out. And it was really magnified by this all-star game with guys not playing and then guys not really playing very seriously. And even the dunk contest, the skills competition, you know, they were saved a little bit, um, but with the G League, uh, Mac, Mac McClung, Mac yeah, McClung, down here in DC for a yeah, while. Mac McClung saved it, but I mean, they got to go to the G League to save the slam dunk contest. They have to figure out, especially in the regular season, how to get stars playing all the time because it's unfair to ask your customers, your fans, the people who are making it possible for the owners to make millions and billions and the players to uh, make hundreds of millions of dollars. You can't ask you or I or any fan to buy a ticket, to tune in, and then not get the product you, you think you're going to. If you go to a Broadway show, you, you know, yeah, you might not, you might get an understudy sometimes, but you generally, you're going to get the show. And I, you know, this is entertainment value. You're, you're, the money that you're spending, they have to figure out a way to make the, just, the, I don't know what it is exactly. I, I, I know they're trying in season tournament. That could be a good idea, but, and I, you know, I guess you could offer more money for the all-star game and make, guys compete uh but it's just again as someone who loves basketball uh it felt like a waste of time we should make this a topic because i do disagree with you on this uh all right well you're wrong all right it's a topic all right a topic and i'm gonna prove <laughs> why you why you're down wrong. then we'll get to the topics like we'll wow. start pack 12 right but then we'll get to the nba as well wow, you went full mad dog on me with a you're wrong i like that andrew spunky <laughs> well, you want me to tell you you are <laughs> all right you did it who's down let me go to my who's down and it is Brad Zager, who runs all of productions for Fox Sports. Uh, and it's based on the uh, Daytona 500 that happened over the weekend. Look, Andrew, I'm not going to say that I watch NASCAR just for the crashes. I don't. But on Sunday during the Daytona 500, this is how Fox covered a crash that involved 10 cars and included stars like Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez. Let's listen. Doug. Hey man, nice pace. Clearly you're a safe driver. You could save hundreds for safe driving with Liberty Mutual. Yes, we got Limu the Emu and Doug there, while there was carnage on the track. I mean, you can chalk this up to, uh, to bad timing. It really was bad timing. And fuck, Fox did have a picture in picture so you could see what was happening on the screen. And once the uh, commercial ended, they of course showed all the replays uh, that, that, that was there. I was being picked insurance while chaos was taking over the track. And I chose Zager as the who's down uh, because he oversees production uh, for, for Fox Sports. But maybe my who's down should have been uh, Mark Evans, Fox's ad sales chief. Mark, stop selling so many ads. Let us watch a race. Come on. All right, so Andrew, we're left with a who's up as, as the last one. Who is it? My who's up goes to Major League Baseball. Uh, the reason I love the new rules, I think baseball is going to have something of a renaissance this year. I think the most underrated part of the new rules is when you ban the shift, how that's going to bring defense back into the game. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone in baseball the other day, and this is a point I've made, and they made the same point. If Ozzie Smith played during the shift era, he would not be in the Hall of Fame. He might not even be in the majors uh, because he would be playing in short left field and there would be no acrobatic plays and we wouldn't have the Wizard of Oz. So I think that's one. Um, I like the idea that the games are going to be faster. Uh, I think that I know the average fans say, I don't care. I, I think they do. And this is the big thing. I think there's going to be more action 
during the games. It might not be perfect at the beginning, but I think overall, I think baseball is going to have a very good season in terms of their on-field product being more appealing to fans, maybe even younger viewers, because I just think there may not be as big a demand on your time. Now, of course, there's going to be longer games, but I do think they'll shorten them up a little bit. And if you can tell me I can turn on a game and be done in two and a half hours to three, more guaranteed than it might be three and a half to four, I think there's a better chance that I can start, especially you start a game at seven o'clock. I'm done by 10, 10, 15, uh, which you are a lot of nights, you know, previously, but you're not, you're not guaranteed that. So it's hard to get invested. So I do think uh, these new rules, uh, I like MLB as a who's up. You like all the rules. Let me go to the most polarizing one. Runner on second and extra innings. You like that one? I would start that one in the 11th inning. Give me one inning of regular baseball, but having covered Sunday night, baseball 18 inning affair uh cubs yankees the beat writer loves the quicker games absolutely <laughs> and then the flight at six in the morning to cincinnati uh yeah give me a runner in second let's get this thing over with and i do think that no one cares about the wear and tear on players and the bullpens and just uh, every other game ends you know there's no clock i get it tradition there and it's kind of fun we all who are old enough think back to july 4th in the mid 80s with 85 the Rick Mailer game uh, where it went 18 innings and there's a uh, the pitcher hit a home run, you know, late. That was great. But generally speaking, the games are slugs that go on forever and there's nobody in the stands. I mean, I, I think that's also an issue for Major League Baseball that they might be able to solve. The most importantly, if you watch a Yankee game many times during a regular season, the most there's a full house and at the most important time in the game, it's half empty. And that's not a good way to keep building fans and to keep fans engaged. The most important, the most exciting part of the game and people leave because they want to avoid traffic. They have work. It's understandable. If you make it a little bit shorter, the game and they can get it in and out, I think it's good. So, but on the, on your question, yeah, it's, it's not perfect, but I probably go one more inning and then, and then do it. But I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. You need the uh, air conditioning in, in the legend suites. Uh, I, I just want one opinion before we get to the topics. I hate the banning of the shift. I think the managers should put players wherever they want. If I ran baseball, I would ban the launch angle because you're you're going to see players where they are, and you're going to still see the the guys striking out or going for home runs. So bring of back all the, the shift. things that you've said on this podcast that haven't made sense. That was your worst moment. <laughs> First off, how can you bang? How could you ban the launch angle? How is ban, that possible? Just ban it. If you strike out, that's two outs. That's what I would do. And secondly, and this one drives me crazy. Why is it okay? I get it. Baseball is seeped in tradition. Okay. But why is it okay for every other? Why do you think the NFL has remained so popular? All it does is make offense and the quarterbacks more important and uh, the game more exciting because there's more and more offense. I know I'm going to drive people crazy, but you're rewarding bad behavior. Hit it the other way. You, you put the shift on Rod Carew. That would never work. Two things. You act as if it's so easy to just place a ball the other way. Okay. That's number one. Number two is you want it to be exciting. It's not exciting to have a second baseman in short right field uh, making a play. I mean, that, that's not that's not fun. So I, I think you're totally wrong. And it just becomes a math equation. And uh, I think this will make baseball much better. And just, you don't want to see, I mean, I just saw like ruined guys' careers. Brian McCann, Mark Teixeira, not ruined their careers, but hurt their careers immensely because they were slow left-handed hitters and they play a second baseman in short right. And you, you'd you want those guys who are power hitters hitting the other way. That also ruins the game. Yeah, but bunt, get on base, put pressure on the works, pitchers. Though, of course, that's, that's banning the shift the is team. gonna 
banning the shift is going to help my guys. Ad, Ad, Adley Rushman is going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, batting like probably 400 this season. I hope so. That'd be fun. But you'll you'll be sitting there with. Well, I wish I wish the I wish he couldn't hit 400. I wish he was in 280. If I want to put all nine people in the infield, I can. That's the beauty of yeah, the guys might run over. They might there might be action involved. In. All right, wait, listen. Let's get to the media stuff. Uh, I think our college football friends want to hear us maybe talk about the topics. Uh, so let's start with the Pac-12. All right, Pac-12. Let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, I I want to do a quick shout out to Andrew Marshand on the pod back in September, Andrew. You said this. I think the Pac-12 and ESPN, hundreds of millions of dollars apart. They are not even close. So that is going to be interesting uh, where that goes uh, in terms of negotiations and will teams jump? Because when you're that far apart, that means something has to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't have information on this, but something just maybe a little conjecture. Do one of the digital players get involved with uh, the Pac-12? right? Apple, for example, loves to buy everything and then sell subscriptions. And they did that with the MLS. When you said it, uh, you know, that, that also is what I was hearing as well, but it was, uh, I was dismissing it somewhat because I saw it as a, the initial stages of a negotiation and that, you know, even though the two sides were a hundred million uh, apart, uh, you know, that, that they would be able to find common ground somewhere. They haven't. What, what, what have you learned? So here, here's where it is. Um, if the Pac-12 is going to get as much as the Big 12, it's going to have to piece things together, which might not even be possible if they're going to do a deal with ESPN, Amazon. I think Fox is basically out. But if they were to do a deal with ESPN, Amazon, they'd have to piece that together. And I'm not even sure that's possible. There's nothing close at the moment uh, from what I understand. Um, and so I don't. So I, I think what we were talking about then, there are hundreds of millions of dollars apart. Uh, you know, Pac-12 really has to come way down if they want to do an ESPN or Amazon deal. So the wild card out there is Apple. Um, and I don't know if that's real or not. Um, if, you know, if they can be a, a real thing, uh, do you want to be on Apple? We'll get to that. We'll get to Apple in a little bit more. But But when you talk about where this is going, uh, you have to be a little concerned for the Pac-12 because if you don't get the money of the Big 12, um, will schools stay? You know, will the Arizonas stay? Um, you know, will the Colorado stay? Will Utah stays? And the problem for them is if one leaves, it kind of becomes, um, you know, everyone fighting for spots because they don't want to be left behind in, you know, a Pac-12 that has six teams and, you know, trying to figure things out. Um, and so that's where they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, maybe they can get the money from Apple. I don't know about that. I don't really think you want to be on Apple at this point. If you're a college uh, football streamer, um, I don't think, you know, if that's, but that's what, but that's what Apple likes to do. They like to take everything in. So again, I'm not saying they'll end up on Apple, but that's like their last saving grace because Amazon, as we've discussed before, not really interested in tonnage. Doesn't think it needs to pay a premium because they're new into the game. Uh, and, you know, they're Amazon. They're, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, ESPN, we, we talked about Bob Iger back at the, as the chairman of, of Disney. And he is going to make ESPN and Jimmy Pitaro and Burke Magnus um, figure out 
what they want, what are what are must haves and what are nices, what nice nice things to have. And the Pac-12 is a nice thing to have, but it's not a must have at this point for ESPN. And then Fox, we had Eric Shanks on their CEO, uh, Fox Sports' CEO, a couple of weeks ago uh, before the Super Bowl, and he basically said they were out unless something you know they got a really sweetheart deal. And so uh, not looking good for the Pac-12. Yeah, here's the problem that the Pac-12 faces is that. There was a good deal to be had six months ago, uh, back back when you were talking about how far apart uh, the, the the two sides were. In the in the ensuing six months, uh, all of the uh, traditional television stations, uh, CBS, who had been kicking the tires, uh, is out. Fox, which had been kicking the tires, did the Big Twelve deal, and and Shanks told us like you know they they're they're pretty set with what uh, they want in terms of college. Uh, NBC it has its Big Ten and, and prime time. You know, there, there's not a lot there. And ESPN is becoming a lot more cost conscious. And, and so there are, as you said, the must-have programming, which the NBA falls in, the NFL falls in, uh, certain big college uh, uh, conferences fall in. Right now, it doesn't look like the Pac-12 is falling into that. And then on the, on the uh, streaming side, you know, all of a sudden you have Wall Street that is no longer prioritizing gaining subscribers. They want to see they want to see profits. So, whereas you had uh, all of these streaming companies competing against each other to drive up the the uh, the prices and bidding wars, now they have to uh, have a lot more discernment. They 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 have to uh, have a lot more responsibility in terms of what they're paying, so that uh, they're not overpaying. And it's it's just a really tough market if you're a college conference that's not the Big Ten or the SEC right now. Andrew, as you said, the, the the big question mark is with Apple. Will Apple want to do a deal with with the Pac-12 and with all of the Pac-12 rights? You know, with the Pac-12 networks, with the actual conference itself. Uh, that's that would mirror what they're doing with the uh, w- with MLS, which is of course starting this weekend. Yeah, and that's the question we don't really know the answer to, and that's the saving grace that they have. Um, Look, Apple tries to be secretive. Um, I was happy I had a few stories last week or so. Um, My favorite part of all your stories on Apple is when uh, you, you put in that Apple declined to comment. Do you have that on macro? Do you like just hit like, you know, I mean, control I, don't know. I feel like they don't really understand this space. This isn't like you're giving us an iPhone and we have to be there for your iPhone presentation. Uh, this is different and they're new into the space. So, um, you know, they made some changes last year. They really went unorthodox with their broadcasting uh, crews, and now they're going to um, change it up. Uh, Wayne Randazzo, Don Charles on, Willis. On their baseball telecast. Yeah, t- their baseball telecast. Um, and will be one crew. And then uh, Alex Faust, who does the LA Kings and does Fox Sports, he's one. And then Ryan Spielberg, he's the Rockies analyst. Uh, they'll be, And then I had they got their schedule as well, which... Uh, one interesting thing about their schedule is that they're not really doing as many double headers. It's not seven and 10 30 anymore. Um, it's streaming. So I think it probably doesn't matter. Um, I don't think that many people are watching. So maybe it doesn't matter either way. Um, but, uh, but let's just say that before we finish off on the pac 12, do you think it makes sense for Apple to, to do a pac 12 deal like the MLS? I think if Apple is able to amass all of the pac 12 rights, their digital rights, their uh, linear rights, the rights that are in Pac-12 networks, and they're able to to uh, make it available globally. 
I mean, th that appears to be what Apple's uh, strategy is. Apple doesn't want to come in and just get one package and be one of many people. I mean, it showed with MLS, if it can get the rights internationally for everything, local, national, international, that's what they're looking at. And that is what the Pac-12 has on offer. So is it something potentially that the uh, Apple w would be interested in? I would say yes. I and mean, one of the, thing, the things that Pac-12 has always said is that it's particularly popular. Well, Larry Scott, the former uh, commissioner, would always talk about how popular they were in Asia and how he always tried to schedule a football game over in, 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 in Asia. And so would that be, make sense for Apple? Yeah, I think, I think it could at the right price. Would it make sense for the, the Pac-12? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it really makes perfect sense for the Pac-12, no matter what the money is. Uh, I know the power of Apple. Uh, Apple's one of the great companies in the world and one of the most successful. That said, I just think there's a million college football games on and you want to be part of the ecosystem every day, which is basically linear TV. Um, and if you're on a streamer, especially if you're the lone one on the streamer, it's not like Thursday night football, which is exclusive. It's the NFL. There's no other game on. Uh, and if you want to watch NFL that night, that's the only way to watch it. If you're, if you have the pack 12, your best games are pretty good games, but uh, there's going to be SEC and Big Ten and, and Big 12 and all the other types of games going on. And so they're not and you're not going to have I think it. I, I don't know. I understand younger people, you know, and we all do. We all use our iPhones, et cetera. But um, I don't think like boosters are going to want to go to Apple TV plus. They're going to wonder why the Big Ten is on all the networks all day. Uh, and ABC and ESPN are covered in SEC and Big 12, and they're stuck on Apple. I don't. I just don't think that's going to play well. Yeah, and and uh, the casual fan, it's hard to to channel surf if you're in an app. I mean, I know some more technically savvy people are able to like hit hit one button and go. I have to get out of the app, you know, and then get get, get into TV and then get out of TV and then reload the app, and it's it, it's it's a, not a, as easy as just going to the last channel or and so on, on on a Saturday when you have a lot of football games who doesn't channel surf through all those games no 100% so that that's going to be interesting all right let's get into this before we get to nba quickly apple mls uh we talked about it um you think it's going to work or not give me john orand going in i know you're going don't tell me we're not going to know i get it. apple's yeah, not going to say know. It's, that's but i know that question. i know nobody listen i can't say numbers that i heard but nobody was watching friday night baseball on apple okay nobody i mean uh, so so i'm going to spin the question back on you uh like what is success for them I, I, i'm i'm not exactly sure how to how to quantify success i don't think that apple's looking at this in a in a, uh, a strict viewership way that linear TV networks are. I think that they, they, they want to, you know, set something up. This is one year of a 10 year partnership and they want to, they want to see some sort of growth. And I don't know what, what that growth is in Apple TV. Oh, okay. Plus, okay. Right, fine. Or... Fine. You defined what Apple. So I'll, I'll, I'll answer. Do you think we'll see growth with Apple MLS and you can change your mind over time, but right now over the next five years, you think you'll see growth with, with Apple and MLS? Oh yeah, of course. I I, I, oh, I think that's course. a no. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. You're going to see some really because I just talked to somebody this morning. It's like no way that the the audience will not be there. It's going right, to. You can't just people. say somebody. I know you're not. You, you obviously don't want to say who, 
But who was this somebody? It's not the mailman that came over. It was the mailman. The mailman. <laughs> very, very, the mailman, very into sports media. Um, no, someone who... Big fan, big fan. Big, he loves... Oh, Orion's who's up last week was tremendous. Uh, here's your mail. Got some mail for you. Uh, but no, the, the person knows. Uh, a lot. All right, I'm not going to say who it is. If I, no, if I, I didn't want you to say who it was. I just like, never, like what and level? And you're opening, you said NBC, I noticed you said you mentioned everyone, then there's like an NBC executive too. I don't want people, I don't want people to know who I had a beer with, so, you know. Do you have beers with the other people? You got to get a beer with Iger. You know what? I I, I wanted to get a beer with Iger. He, 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 he wouldn't laugh. He wasn't available. We both, Iger and I both went to Ithaca. He, he, he said to him, <laughs> what, what do you think of Andrew Martian? He'd say, who? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he knows this podcast. He, he does, totally right. knows this podcast. Right, thanks. They're thanks. clipping uh, this totally. right now and sending it to him. Best Ithaca alums, Iger, Gavin McLeod, Love Boat. Love Boat Ricky Captain. Lake did not graduate. But number one, always, as you know, if you listen to the pod, Gorilla Monsoon. Okay. Getting back to Apple. Uh, so you're top five. That's that's great. I know. I'm not top five. Uh, I got Carl Ravage, <laughs> Kevin Connors. You got a lot out there. Yeah. Morgan Lauer. Um, you got a lot of people out there um, before me. John Mina Perel. I can keep going. The uh, a lot of people before, before you get to me. The uh, Matt Hogan. Mark after. <laughs> um, all right. Listen, I'm starting to make college friends now. Um, Rob Fleischer. Okay. Let's get back to it. Apple MLS. I think that. I, I think that the the very hardcore MLS fans gonna like it, and I think that they're not gonna grow the game at all. Or very, 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 very. Now they bring in Messi, maybe that would. I don't really know help. what 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 do you mean grow the game? What do you mean? I mean like it's gonna become more popular. Like it's not gonna be. How are you stuck defining as a top popular? Six. But well, right now I'd say it's a top six, seven league in the world. The American fan wants it to be number one in the world. Right. It's so not so 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 you're saying like like growth in terms of the on field play almost. Yeah, I want it to be like the best league in the world. I want us to get the best players when they're young and when we get messy at 26, not at 36. That's what, you know, you really want. I, and I don't think that's happening, at least not in the near term. Um, and I don't think this necessarily helps it. I get it. Like, I think there's this like utopian view that Apple has uh, where, you know, they get into a boardroom or whatever. I'm sure they have their little method that they have to do it. Like Amazon does, you know, where it's like the special way you have to present everything, um, which is probably in a book that I haven't finished. Uh, and so, uh, but I, I think when you look at um, what they're trying to do makes sense. I just don't like think in the real world it does, if that makes sense. So like if they could start everything and just buy every, if everything was like zero, like NFL rights, major league baseball rights, all rights were up. Apple has the most money and their plan to distribute the games the way they want around the world, easily available streaming on your phone. That's the best way. Like they're correct about that. The problem is it's messy. Like if you're the NBA, which let's transition to the NBA. If you're the NBA, you're not going to, if I were them, I if Apple offered me twice as much money as everyone else combined, I would be hesitant to do the deal. If they offered like a five, 10 year deal, twice as much money, because where are you in five or 10 years if it doesn't work with Apple? And so, you know, are you making as much money with them? So I think you want to be, I think the NBA is going to, you probably found this out too. I think they're going to diversify their portfolio and that's not what Apple wants. Apple wants everything. That's why maybe, maybe this is really speculative about the Pac-12 and Apple. Um, and there's really no proof that that's happening as of yet. 
um, or even close to happening. But they're the only one left that we can find. The rest are sort of lukewarm at best on do, doing a deal with the Pac-12. So if you're the NBA, though, do you want to do that? Do you want you, you want everything with Apple? I don't think you do. And that's what Apple's plan seems to be. Here's the one thing. Uh, again, I've been on record for a long time saying I think it's a good deal for MLS. They weren't getting that amount of money from linear TV. Uh, they hadn't in decades grown ratings or viewership. On, why would on... they grow ratings now, though? Like with with a on a closed system that's you have to pay for. It's not that they would. It's not necessarily that they would grow ratings. It's that they've they've shown that they can't grow it on linear TV. Maybe. You know the iPhone is ubiquitous. Maybe everybody, you know, like maybe they'll they'll get younger, more tech savvy you know, fans. This is like when I talk like to some Apple people too, um, and they're not that uh, loquacious. Um, but the when you talk to people, they um, they kind of talk about it like you're talking about it because like no offense, you're not a huge soccer guy, and it's not like 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 so. But so you so, have to no no no. My, again, my whole point is soccer wasn't working. Excuse me. MLS was not working as a linear TV sport in the U.S. But does it work? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's not working for MLS. No, that's what NBC, I said. I, that's Peacock, what I said. Working it's for not Fox working for the World MLS. Cup. It's worked for ESPN when they had soccer. You know, more of it in terms of linear. Um, it's working for Champions League and CBS. It's working a lot of ways. It's not working for MLS. That's my point. Is like they're like, well, we got an American League, domestic league. They got some nice uh, in crowd, in stadium experience, and we're going to bring it to the yes. But the product's not good enough, and I don't know. How, I don't see it necessarily getting better. I think it's an acceptable level of risk for for MLS. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it, it you know it's fine. Well, they had no other choice so i mean i guess it's acceptable it's like, i think what are your choices? one thing though as I, as i look at as i look at apple and if you could get away from sports if you look at how they're doing uh, entertainment one of the big uh, complaints that i hear out of hollywood is the their lack of marketing around any any of their uh, uh series and they're spending a ton on these series you know and they have they have good ones and they depend on more on word of mouth and sort of marketing and getting it out. Ted Lasso, The Morning Show. Uh, I, I happen to see- But are they the, wrong on those? I mean, I've heard, I think everyone knows of those shows. Uh, or maybe I not know The Morning those, Show, but definitely those, Ted Lasso. Those, those totally work. Uh, we Crash is another one that's out there, but they don't market them. They're they're not out there marketing. Uh, uh, wait, who's the Ted Lasso star again? Oh, I'm showing um, my lack of Hollywood Jason knowledge. Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis- has had we should leave that part in that we didn't know we're we're, okay, we're sports sure. media, <laughs> but Jason Sudeikis uh, was interviewed saying like when did you know it was popular and he was like he he only figured it out when he was getting tweeted at by fans like Apple wasn't telling him the marketing wasn't sort of out there doing it and so sports leagues that that go into that bubble like. They're not gonna get get marketed a ton. But by even now. when you look at it, and then we'll move on to other subjects. But even when you look at it, like they like there's a show we're watching. My wife and I are watching Shrinking on Apple TV Plus. It's a pretty good show. Um, how do you know about it? I don't know. I heard about it somehow. I don't know how. I just heard about it. I don't know. They didn't. There's no marketing. Um, the uh, but it has um, Harrison Ford's in it. Um, uh, the guy from it's probably a very famous actor, but the guy from How I Met My Mother is in it oh i can't remember his name i, I don't know these actors but but they're but they're big time but they, they andrew let's get back to sports media exactly. quick. we don't know the names of these people but the the point is though is they go for the stars i should know this person's name like it's embarrassing like this is a very famous actor i 
Anybody want to look? I'll Google it as Wait, we talk. They go for the they go for the stars of DC United as Wayne Rooney. What more do you need? Yeah, well, That's coach. That's they don't coach. have Wayne Rooney anymore. Anyways, oh, these are I, I just don't know if they have the product. It's the product. There's nothing against um um like what they're doing and how they're doing it might be pretty good. I think you know it's, it's a lot and behind the scenes, I think there's a lot going on there. Um, I'm doing. I'm, all right, let's move on though. All right, let's do the NBA All Star Game. I said my who's down. Tell me, you think it's fine? When the NBA does their rights negotiations, do you think any of these those those media and tech companies are going to say no to having the NBA All-Star Game? It is a premier event put on by the NBA that that everybody is going to be clamoring for. That, that's the one thing that I look at uh, with Turner that could be in peril there. I mean, because the t- people want it. And then the other point that I'm going to make is your complaint about the NBA All-Star Game which I which I also found unwatchable to be fair. Okay. But your complaint about it is the same complaint that you have about baseball's All-Star game. Nope. About about the NHL's nope, All-Star nope, game. Nope, nope, this is what you put words in my mouth. Baseball's All-Star game is great. Are you kidding me? Everybody complains about baseball's All-Star game. What's they're, wrong? They're, like people come in, you know, it 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 The only thing little... that's wrong with all these All-Star games is they should wear their actual uniforms. Oh, I, I mean, the, the, if anybody's totally listening, agree. important, get them to wear their actual uniform. It's a, I don't care if you sell 15 all-star jerseys. And I want to meet somebody who's buying an all-star jersey. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, that's like the, the uh, Rob Lowe NFL hat. You can't buy an <laughs> all-star jersey. Buy a, you know, Steeler jersey of, of TJ Watt. That's we need it. to get a Gen Z guess because I bet the, I bet those are the people that are buying those All Star jerseys. Nobody's buying those. <laughs> you really think people buy those? Come on. I look, so, so I I just think look, it's a big event. Uh, if if you actually were, were in uh, Salt Lake City, you would have, you would have seen uh, you know top executives uh, from from across the business uh, that, that that were in there. It's a great gathering place. I wish that they played more defense. I wish it wasn't a glorified layup line. But the the ratings, which we haven't seen yet, are are still going to be really significant for the for the NBA. And you know they could they can tweak it here and there. I thought picking the teams actually there. I thought that was a fantastic addition. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I, pretty I really good. enjoyed but that. The, but the thing the NBA though has to get back to, and this is like kind of let me just bring back my soccer love. Like why I think Messi is a good. Like is different than David Beckham because on the field he's different. NBA players are some of, if not the best athletes in the world, and what they can do on a court is amazing, and we see it all the time. But you want to see that consistently. You want to see that in an All Star game, and I think that the NBA, it's good that it's like a huge thing on social. Everyone, you know, it's this league and all this other stuff, and you know, and follow Woj. Uh, for his bombs and and other NBA insiders in terms of like um, breaking news and and that's always and that's a, a big deal in all sports but NBA seems to have like has like a you know you know it's a kind of a, a a little bit different for whatever reason but it has to be about the game the purity of the game and and watching the game and I just think like we see that a lot but we don't see it enough I think like the way they do their playoffs too I think their playoffs it takes forever. Like a seven game series takes like three weeks. I get it. They want to be on Thursdays and Sundays and all that stuff. Great. Play every other day. Okay. Can we get a little rhythm to these series? And I, and I know you're going to say, well, I sound old or maybe or whatever, but, but bottom line is, <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't. I can't imagine these are good. I think we're seeing that though, in that younger people aren't interested in games because they haven't watched them when they're little kids. And I don't. I think. I think part of it is they're on too late. That's one. But the other part is there's no rhythm to them. Oh, couldn't disagree more. The the average age of the NBA fan is is among the lowest among all professional leagues. They're getting they're watching full games. They're, they're they're watching. I mean that this that's a, that's don't an give issue. Me social. I know no, that's an issue that every single league media. has. A lot to deal of people with. are you know clicking on their tweets. I'm saying they're getting the you get the big money for how many people are actually watching games. That's how again maybe it's going to change. Listen, I, I my focus my, my focus group of one my 23 year old son. He watches. He's a big NBA fan. He watches differently than me, but he's still he's still an NBA fan, and and it, it's up to the networks and the leagues to figure out how to get him and bring him into uh into the fold. All right. Before we move to the next topic, thank you, Chris Mason, for that. Uh, the actor is Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel, uh, who is Marshall Erickson on. How I Met Your Mother. He's in Shrinking with Harrison Ford. So great cast. There's other people probably famous too. I don't know who they are, but but they're very. Did I get the Marchand seal of approval? Are you saying that we should? Yeah, watch? it's a good show. Yeah, I'm I'm one episode behind, but it's a good show. Uh, now that NFL's slowed down a little bit, you got NBA, you got college coming up, but there's a little more time to watch other TV. I, I need to watch more TV. Uh, that's what they say. All right, let's move on to next topic: XFL, USFL, XFL comes back with The Rock. Uh, Redbird uh, is the company behind it. ESPN is where the games are aired. Uh, XFL, um, I think, did okay. I, I think I, I compared to the USFL in terms of when it is, uh, I like that start the week after the Super Bowl. I think you have the momentum off the NFL. Uh, when you look at Fox and NBC, because of their programming they have, some golf for NBC, NASCAR for uh, the uh, for Fox. And then also they, I think maybe wanted to avoid the NCAA tournament. They don't start till April, which I think would have been fine if there wasn't the XFL kind of going into that spot. And so, um, you know, ultimately these leagues, either uh, one probably goes away or they combine. Uh, but at the moment um, we saw last year, USFL had a strong start. I thought, um, it's, you know, it's not the NFL, but I think how they're building, I like when you build slowly, small, I think sometimes, People want to make it like, oh, we're going to be the NFL on day one. It takes time to become an established league. Um, and so I thought they did a good job. XFL, what was your view? I, I'm going to say a, a couple of red flags for the XFL. This is the third iteration of the XFL. The most recent one was, was right before uh, COVID hit in 2020. The uh, attendance at the games was down considerably uh, uh, across the league. And that had to do with... You know, my who's down last week was the, the marketing around the the XFL. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, I will no say chocolates, this, though. but now you got the chocolates, and so now the marketing. I got good. the chocolates, so yeah, now now, now I'm, I'm very hyped on them. A quick shout out to the DC Defenders, big win in Week One, as you know, Andrew. But yes, th that was a Sunday night game. Uh, the the crowd was raucous. They were throwing things on the field. They had a beer snake going with the uh, the, the empty beer cups that uh, secure the security got rid of. You know, totally unfairly, Andrew. Uh, but, it, you know, the the USFL last year, it was a successful start. They were in one market, so they were playing in an empty stadium. And you could just see with, uh, I only watched parts of that one game. I was going back and forth with the uh, NBA All-Star game. And you could see how it, it's so much, uh, such a better TV product with the full roaring crowd in, in, in there. 
Um, this year, of course, the USFL is going to be in four markets with its eight teams, uh, presaging almost certainly for next year when it's going to be in, in, in eight markets. So you're going to start to see more crowds there as well. Uh, I, and I, I, I thought it was a good start for the XFL. Uh, and, you know, I have no opinion on which one's going to win out. I mean, they, they both seem to be doing okay. I think the one thing that we do know for certain the NFL is watching. And so there's things that the NFL could borrow, not the overly gimmicky things. Um, but one thing that I think that was very apparent with the XFL and ESPN was leaning in to gambling, uh, that the spreads on the, on the uh, score line. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the USFL, uh, if they can, tries to do that as well. Um, I just think that's where you sort of, um, there's a lane that's never been really presented before. When we talked about it, you talked about the third iteration of the XFL. Uh, gambling is going to change things. As it becomes even legal, even, even more states, more people are doing it. People like to gamble on football. It's three hours. And if there's a Seattle Sea Dragons versus DC Defenders game, seven-point spread, uh, you know, they, they might put down some money to and, and get into it. And I think... You know, we're going to see that in sports and that's why sports probably aren't going anywhere. I mean, one of the reasons besides they're very popular, but I see the lower rate. I just think gambling's we're just, we're just still kind of, we've kind of moved that topic to the side for a little bit here, but that still is going to be a big part of the future. Yeah. I found that uh, to be honest, a little bit off putting the, the over under that was on the sort of score bug. I understand why they're doing it, but I, I, I just, I don't enjoy seeing that. I, I want to opt in. To, to, to gambling. I don't want it sort of, you know, uh, pushed out at me. Uh, one thing that the USFL pioneered uh, last uh, last year, and I, the XFL did a really good job with this too, and, and is uh, and something I hope the NFL adopts, uh, replay um, uh, reviews. They actually take the camera and the microphone so you see what the person doing replay is looking at, why they're looking at it, how they're making the decision, instead of going to the booth and having somebody speculate on what they might be looking at. And uh, I just, I, I think the way that they handle replay, which is, which is like paint drying in the NFL yep. is, is something that works really well in, in those two and leagues. And that could be adopted. All right, let's get, hit a couple more topics. Then we're gonna do a little bit of Mando mailbag uh, feature that we've done a little bit, but we're going to have a couple more questions this week. All right, let's uh, wrap up with a couple of topics. Uh, uh, the two Ryans, Rex Ryan and Matt Ryan. Do you want to do them together? Let's go. Sure. So Rex Ryan, as we're talking, we don't know yet, but he might get the uh, D coordinator job with Sean Payton in Denver. That would create an opening uh, on NFL countdown and a lot of get up stuff. I think on countdown, if it's me, I'm looking at Marcus Spears or Mina Kimes. I know they love NFL live. I wouldn't break them off of that, but I think both of those uh, people have, uh, earned uh, the right to be in one of the uh, big boy or girl chairs on Sunday uh, for whatever reason, Sunday shows are still considered a big deal. Uh, and I think they both earned that, that spot if Rex leaves. Uh, so that's that. Then Matt Ryan, I have this in my newsletter every Monday morning, uh, New York post sports plus Matt Ryan. If he is done playing is interested in becoming a broadcaster uh, analyst Um Talked to a bunch of people about him. Mixed uh, things with some people. Some people think he could be amazing. Apparently, he's very into it. Wants to be really good at it. That's a great start. Uh, you know, he's a tier below or a couple of tiers below Brady and Peyton uh, in terms of his career. Almost won a Super Bowl, but had an excellent career. Probably, I don't think a Hall of Famer, but a 
tremendous career. Uh, and so, you know, if he's willing to be on a second or third team, uh, he's a guy who could move his way up. And I will say, to me, it's a huge advantage. You want to start uh, lower and then build yourself up. I get it. I mean, if you get a $375 million contract, <laughs> like I told you before, like most people who I, who, who I know have those, they, they, they like having them. Um, but if you can build up your career um, and then get the opportunity, that is usually, you know, Greg Olson, it's, it's pretty incredible when you think about it because he's second year. I mean, that could have been a total disaster uh, if that didn't go the right direction. So I think that that could be good if Matt Ryan, it's, 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 he's a guy to watch. All right, let's do one more thing before we get to our call of the week. Um, we have done this previously, but not, you know, consistently. We said we're going to work this in. The Mando mailbag. We, we may almost... need a sounder for that eventually, don't you think? Yeah, we we, we definitely need. Uh, you you want to get it? You want to try it? Yeah, let's do the Mando mailbag. What is it? Mando mailbag! Does that work? I don't know. All right. Stick to writing. All right. Here's the first one from Jack Herman. Email. Uh, what's the future of the Big East on TV? And he has a lot more to say about it, um, where the rights are. Um, will they need to bring in other schools? He mentions Gonzaga. Does that work in the Big East? I don't think they're in the East, but I don't think that matters anymore. Uh, what do you say to Jack Herman? What's your opinion, John? Well, first, my opinion is is that you tortured the pronunciation of Gonzaga. Aga. Gonzaga. What did I say? Gonzaga. Depends. Tomato, tomato. All right, go no, ahead. it's not tomato, tomato. No, it's Gonzaga. not tomato, tomato. As a Gonzaga <laughs> alum, they're not the Zogs. They're the Zags. They're the Zags. Come on, man. Wait, you say Gonzaga? Gonzaga. They're the Zags. I've heard they're Gonzaga. And they play, they don't play in sports. That's the world we live in. AC Wyatt, who's one of our executive producers, that was his voice just there. He can actually, he actually went there. And then the world we live in, I could be like, no, 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 I don't think that's right. <laughs> he literally went there. But the world we live in, it's like, nope, I don't think so. I, I'm going to go the other way. All right. I, I see to AC Wyatt. I guess he'd know. But AC, can you, can you jump on real quick? Do you want your guys in the, uh, and gals in the Big East? Sure. Doesn't matter. We'll take all comers. Oh, that's that's spoken like sense. a basketball school. Yeah, I like that. I think Big 12 makes more sense. But okay, what's your take on this? What's the future of Big East TV? All right. Uh, uh, thanks for the email, Jack Herman. Uh, uh, the Big East rights are coming up for uh, several years. I think it's two or three years uh, that they're coming up. And right, it's impossible to predict what, what it's going to look like then. Uh, if those rights were coming up right now, everything we said about the Pac-12 would pertain to the Big East. In terms of must-have or nice-to-have, the Big East in college basketball is nice-to-have. And all of these all of these rights deals, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, it's all predicated on football. Basketball is almost uh, like a throw-in, especially regular season basketball, which is, uh, you know, not getting the, the, the viewership that it, that, that it used to. Okay, let's do another one. And we have we have a few, but I'll just do a couple. We'll save a couple if that's all right. Is that good with you, let's John? Let's do it, yeah. All right, let's do Andrew Stolowitz via Twitter. Any thoughts from you, John Oran, or you, me, he said, he added Andrew Marchand, on John Skipper's recent suggestion that the Super Bowl will become a pay-per-view event. Also, with so much recent news about streaming, do you think trend towards cord cutting is reversing and a linear cable bundle may become a reality? All right, Andrew, wow. great name, Stolowitz. Um, couple of questions there let's first skipper pay-per-view super Twofer. bowl 
Let's, uh, why don't you give the quick answer to the John Skipper pay-per-view uh, Super Bowl, Andrew? Yeah, that's stupid. Okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> why, why is that even a thing? Uh, look, I, I actually I don't want it's not going to happen. Like, like it, 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 I guess if they did make it a super uh, a pay per view, it would it would break the bank. It would do really well. But I I can't I imagine. It would. Like, I don't even know if it makes like even like sense. Like, I get it. You had 113 million people watch, but they'd all go have parties. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't even know if it would make sense. But the other thing is they have 11 year contracts, so I don't know. It just seems silly. Yeah, and the, the NFL has always prioritized broadcast television. It certainly isn't going to take its big championship game, which markets the league better than anything else. Under 13 million uh, homes. They're like selling seven. They're selling ads for seven million dollars. Yeah. Let's change it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it might work, but I don't know why you'd even. I mean, Brian Rollup, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, I mean, that wasn't even. I don't. Know, that doesn't make sense. Here. It makes no sense. It's the most successful thing in TV. Why would you change it? Uh, I want to hit the second part of uh, Andrew Stolowitz's uh, tweet at us. Why am I holding it? Why am the only one? I killed the skipper idea, and you just like you know skated through for you. Because I, I I thought it, I, I think it's a I viewed Skipper's idea as a good thought process. What the would head happen? Head of ESPN. All right, that's something like you or I should say. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of streaming, do I think uh, the the trend towards cord cutting is reversing? And a linear cable bundle may become a reality. Yes, I do. Uh, it's not reversing yet. Cord cutting is still happening. It's still going the wrong way for a, for a TV networks. But if you take a look, the cord cutting among Xfinity and DirecTV and real traditional charter, real traditional cable operators, it is, it is dropping like a stone. What's not dropping, and I don't even consider this cord cutting, is YouTube TV or... DirecTV stream or some of these uh, some of these streamers Hulu is another one where you can you know, buy channel packages. If, if I can get my RSN, if I can see Adley Rushman uh, the, this spring on on Masson and the Big Ten Network, I'll take about anything that's out there. If it doesn't have those two, that's uh then th th that's a problem. I think that you're going to start to see the numbers really reverse in a good way uh, thanks to those. What, what they call in the business, virtual MVPDs. John, let's do our call of the week to wrap it up. Uh, and go back to November, 2001, ninth inning, game seven, Arizona. Luis Gonzalez at the plate, uh, Mariano Rivera on the mound, uh, and there's one out. Uh, Joe Buck and Tim McCarver on the call. The one problem is Rivera throws inside the left-handers. Left-handers get a lot of broken bat hits in the shallow outfield. The shallow part of the outfield. That's the danger in bringing the infield in with a guy like Rivera on the mound. Florida, center field. The Diamondbacks are world champions. Andrew, we picked that call because Tim McCarver died last week. Uh, a long-time analyst uh, for Fox Sports. He was, of course, with uh, CBS Sports. Uh, beforehand, um, uh, ABC, he, uh, ABC as well. Uh, he was somebody who uh, uh, he. I thank God Twitter wasn't necessarily around when he was when he was doing stuff because I, I can tell you I had a lot of friends. He was very polarizing in ter in terms of people listening to him, but but everybody appreciated how much he knew the game and how much he was able to do things like in that clip, sort of almost predict what was going to happen. 
before it actually happened, which is exactly what I want an analyst to do. Yeah, most people have peaks in their career, right? Where they're at their best, they're going up. And then, you know, and then there's different opinions, especially for sportscasters. At his peak, uh, I think it's, you could argue very easily that he was the best. Uh, he certainly was the most prolific in terms of national broadcasts as an analyst. Uh, he did 24 World Series in New York. Uh, he became, you know, right now we have Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling, who are are going to go down as a legendary booth. Um, before that, Kiner, Ralph Kiner, and Tim McCarver um, were a classic duo. Ralph Kiner, Hall of Famer, uh, would tell stories and kind of have Chris Russo-like Kinerisms, where he'd just say stuff that, you know, use the wrong words. And McCarver would teach the game. Uh, and uh, I think we saw in that clip, and there's other examples that where McCarver would tell you things before they happened. And it's a passion uh, for the game that he had. I talked to Joe Buck last week, who did all of McCarver's Fox World Series with them. And he said what a great teammate he was. Um, one of uh, McCarver's producers, Pete Macheska, he talked about how uh, McCarver used to call him during the week just passionate um, about something going on in baseball and just love to talk. He said it was like talking to your father. And so for a lot of us, especially in the New York area where you have that uh, relationship, because he ended up getting fired from the Mets because of second guessing, uh, never proven, but maybe Bobby V might've been involved with that. Um, he ended up with the Yankees, George Steinbrenner hired him. Uh, and so uh, he, I, I just, it's hard to argue if you're going to say John Madden's the best in NFL history, I think, Again, very subjective. Everyone has an opinion. I think you have to say at this point, uh, just in terms of accomplishments uh, and when he was at his best, um, Tim McCarver, best in baseball history as a TV analyst, especially national TV analyst, a little bit different than local, but as a national TV analyst, uh, you'd have to say he's the best. I mean, Tony Kubek was there, but didn't have the, you know, didn't do the championships that McCarver did. So uh, 81 uh, leaves behind a tremendous legacy was a very good player he played for four decades which is pretty incredible starting in 59 ending in 80 uh won a couple of rings had a big home run uh, uh 50s or 60s one of those world series uh and uh um so our condolences to his friends and family so uh thanks for listening to the uh end of another podcast uh special shout outs to chris mason acy the duo that uh, always put this together uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.